What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Today's episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast could be sponsored by you, yes, you, the listener, through the podcast Patreon page that you can find by clicking the link in this episode's description. However, if supporting the podcast via Patreon is not a possibility or something you're not comfortable with, there are other ways you can support the show. So one of those ways is if you are already an Apple Podcast or iTunes listener, if you could and you are a subscriber and you do like this podcast, I would love it if you could take a second and leave the show a rating and or review. It takes less time to do than it sounds, and it helps other people find the show. I would greatly appreciate it if you are an Apple Podcast or iTunes listener. If you could quickly do that, it would be great. Um, other ways you can find the show and listen to the show include Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, SoundCloud, and wherever else you get your podcasts. And lastly, I highly encourage you to check out my website at chasethomaspodcast.com to read me at medium.com slash chasethomaswriting and to follow me on Twitter at chase double underscore Thomas and to like me on Facebook at facebook.com slash chasethomaswriter. Hopefully you're still with me because this is the end of me rambling. All right, let's go. Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, Thursday night edition of the Chase Thomas podcast, and I am joined by RBR Wrestling, the main host, the longtime host, William R. Washington. This is your first solo appearance, in my podcast, man. It is my first solo appearance. I wouldn't necessarily call myself the main host. I would like to look at us as four equals. I'm just basically the guy who does the introductions and outros and stuff like that. I mean, I was giving you an opening to just you. I mean, it's been a decade. I, I know. You can, I, I, you I've can been call yourself the main host. I've been podcasting now 13 years, uh, which sounds absurd because I, when I say that to people, they're like, podcasts have been around that long. And I'm like, I know I really date myself when I say that, but I, I have. But I've listened to most of your podcasts in that time span. And uh, I guess that makes me old, too, the fact that I've been listening to RBR for the, close to that long. So, you know, I am just as dated and old as you. I mean, we, we both are doing the podcast stuff, so we're not, uh, we're not moving on. So anyway, what we're talking about tonight is basically, so the Royal Rumble is next week. It's it is. my favorite pay-per-view of the year. I think it's your favorite pay-per-view of the year. Um, kind of, I'm almost like a glutton for punishment at this point. Cause I haven't liked the Royal rumble in almost a decade now, but I swear to you, I get excited for it every year. I went to last year's Royal rumble and every year I walk away from it last year. I thought to myself, was that good? And, uh, I've, I've come around to it thinking, you know, despite the fact that like it, it the, where it went was kind of awful. Um, the rumble itself was fine. And uh, just thinking about previous years, they've all been so bad pretty much since like 2010. That's a good trivia question is who actually won the Royal Rumble in 2017? Because I don't <laughs> think even wrestling fans remember who that was. Like Randy Orton doesn't feel like the right answer there. 
it's yeah, the right no, answer, but it just it's one of the most forgettable Royal Rumble wins of all time, I think. Oh yeah, easily. The Rumble itself was fine. Um I think it was uh, I mentioned on our podcast this week that uh a lot of my issues with it were that everything that was built up for it kind of disappointed like you know all that build for Braun Strowman going into it and then he was tossed out by Baron Corbin and like all that build of like the most star-studded Royal Rumble ever and like Goldberg was in it less than five minutes Brock Lesnar was in it less than five minutes Undertaker was in it less than five minutes and like those are the guys that they sold the show on I don't remember Goldberg being in it at all (laughs) he he tossed out Brock in like 15 seconds that's right that's right that's how it got started okay yeah Oh my god, that feels like a decade ago. <laughs> it doesn't I don't remember it? that at all. Goldberg yeah. was at the Rumble last year. He was. And it, it it was all hyped up. And then pretty much everything they hyped up going into that Rumble uh, was short-lived and kind of a disappointment. Well, you know, Goldberg's back. He's in the Hall of Fame and Undertaker is not retired. So everything comes full circle and <laughs> no one uh, has moved on in the last year, it turns out. Was yep, Triple uh, H in this Rumble? Uh, no. Um okay. This was where Rollins had... I remember now. Rollins uh, lost the qualifying match for the Rumble against Sami Zayn because Triple H's music had played. Oh, my God. So that was where that build was going. That really... I can't believe that was only a year ago. I know. It feels like another lifetime. Seth Rollins has gone through like three character changes since that time. And three finishers. Yeah. Literally. But I'm very glad that he brought back the the blackout, which oh, I don't think blackout. sounds better than the curb stomp. Can we debate that quickly? Like, <laughs> why does blackout sound better than the curb stomp? Um, because I feel like the curb stomp is a very specific thing. Like, okay. if I said to somebody, um, curb stomp, what do you think of? Their answer is probably going to be American History X. Yep. And then... Um, all of a sudden it's like, oh, we've got a guy doing the curb stomp. And it, it just sounds bad. But at the same time, Blackout, especially on Martin Luther King Day, doesn't sound a whole lot better. So <laughs> that wasn't uh, intentional, right? Was that just a complete no? Misnomer? I think because no, because it was called the Blackout in NXT. Okay, and then they changed it to the curb stomp. His finishers can't seem to keep names. I mean, the the ripcord knee. How many the King's Landing? Like how many uh, names did that finisher have before we ultimately got rid of it? Which was the right call. Or how many nicknames does everyone on the roster have right now? Michael Cole, do you think he gets exhausted every Monday night just of like, he has to have a note card just, or actually multiple note cards of just all the nicknames that he has to give every wrestler on the roster. Because this week on Raw, like he called Braun several things, called Asuka several things. He called Nia Jack several things. Like it's amazing how many nicknames he has to go through on a three hour show every week. It uh, well, Like to me, the nicknames wouldn't be so bad if they didn't sound so scripted and forced with like Braun Strowman coming out going this Sunday night at the Royal Rumble it's the monster among men taking on the beast incarnate taking on the demon (laughs) and it's like come on man like nobody talks like that you would have never seen um, the rock get in the ring and say this Sunday night I'm gonna face the rattlesnake stone cold steve austin like he, he just wouldn't have done that he just would have said stone cold and moved on because that's how people naturally talk and it feels like they've just been held or handed marketing jargon when they speak in catchphrases like that this was a bad week for speaking like human beings on raw <laughs> kurt angle who you know i i have my issues with his work from week to week but this was a especially bad week 
I don't know if it, he, it seemed like he was on screen a lot more this week. So maybe that was part of the problem. He had a lot to remember, but mm-hmm. oh my God. <laughs> and clearly that look in his eyes says that that's a struggle. It was unbelievable. I, I could not get over the $12 million truck thing. I couldn't get over <laughs> him. Well, there was one moment where, so what you're talking about with the rumble where Ron Sherman's having to like, just, you know, he's having to remember a line word by word and everything. Was it Jason Jordan in that backstage segment this week where he like stumbled over Rumble? He said Rumble first, and then he quickly corrected himself to say Royal Rumble. Yeah. Oh, that. Why that was that was, necessary? That Why was the epitome feel- of marketing jargon because you know the company hands these guys. They're like you know things like you're not allowed to say belt, right? You have to say the WWE Tag Team Championship or Raw <laughs> Tag Team Championship. You can't yeah. just say, "Oh, I've got the belt," um, because that's how people would naturally talk. And like you can't just say, "Oh, this Sunday in the Rumble." Uh, so he said, or this Sunday at the Rumble. Which is how we talk. That's exactly. how we would describe like, there's it. There's nothing wrong with the rumble, and he stumbled over, and he quickly yeah. like it's like this alarm went off, and, and he it's says, because like, I'm about like, to get fined. <laughs> yeah, it's like we have directors, we have to say the Royal Rumble, which is why it. I will say that. Um, I laugh when like new names come up on television because nothing ever said in WWE is ever said by accident. So you know that like if somebody mentions a new name of a finisher that you've never heard before, your brain immediately goes, oh, that must be official because they don't ever slip up. That That's not a thing that happens unless like Booker T says it. But other than that, those guys <laughs> don't ever really slip up. So you must know that this is something official. Or if they slip up, they immediately correct themselves. It's amazing to see like Jason Jordan and Kurt Angle's just like <laughs> heads explode when they realize they messed up and they immediately change it. It's like they know that Vince McMahon's going to be in their ear almost oh, yeah. instantaneously. Well, remember last year going into the Elimination Chamber, uh, in all of the hype for the show, Michael Cole and Tom Phillips and all those guys would always would constantly go this Sunday in the brand new Elimination Chamber, and so like they kept saying brand new, and it's like oh that feels like a buzzword. <laughs> <laughs> there must actually be a new chamber, and sure enough, they had like a new structure that year. And it, it's one of those things where if you hear something get up from WWE guys, you immediately know oh that's that's forced, that's being fed. It's the, it's not the great, vigilante but... sting. <laughs> the vigilante. What did Sting do that made him a vigilante? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> help Dolph Ziggler win a match. Uh, well, that actually is kind of a vigilante move on his part because that's pretty rare and that's uh, yeah. going out of the norm. That feels like you're going against creative because creative does not book Dolph Ziggler win very many <laughs> matches. So I guess it qualifies under those circumstances. But anyway, we're not here to recap Raw. We're not here to recap SmackDown. You nope. can listen to Will talk about that on RBR this week. What we are going to talk about is this week's, or excuse me, next week's pay-per-view, the Royal Rumble and our five guys, because I love fantasy booking and I love thinking of who makes the most sense of who's going to win the Rumble. I'm very excited about this. And this year, I think, last year, I mean, Orton was favored ahead of the rumble so it made sense mm-hmm. this year we should go ahead and disclose that shinsuke nakamura is the current favorite to win the rumble he is not yep. on my list and we both came up with our own top five based on the year in the company of who makes the most sense to us specifically not who the company is going to pick or who we think the company is going to pick it's just who makes the most sense to us to win the rumble and who we think would do the best job and have the best opportunity post rumble win so we're going to start from uh our top five and we'll start from five and go to one and uh will go f- I'll, I'll leave it to you to go first who's your fifth pick okay my your guy my the fifth my fifth pick is john cena and i just want to get that one out of the way now because of the fact that um 
John Cena kind of said something a few years ago that uh, where he said that his match with The Rock was kind of his exit from um, WrestleMania title matches. That was like that was the one. That was it. And now he's moved on to having like other types of matches, and and that's happened so far. What he, the following year he faced Wyatt, he's faced Rusev, he's faced um, Miz. So like at this point, I think. He's kind of true to that word. So I said Cena because, like, at the same time, John Cena, he's big match John. Like, if you want to have a good big main event type match, John Cena is the guy to go to. Um, but I also now know that he is in a position in, in his career where he does not have to have WrestleMania title matches anymore at all. Uh, and if he never does, the fact that he had so many in the WrestleMania 20s, I'm good with it. Uh, so I, I picked John Cena just to get that one out there and say that this is a guy who, if out of the blue, let's say Roman Reigns and AJ Styles and all those guys like tore their quads all at once, <laughs> um, John Cena is your go-to right at that point. He is the guy that you need to have front and center. So he's my number five. That's surprising. He's not on my list. And we were talking before we got started of whether or not it'd be some overlap. And I can confirm on my top five list of Rumble winners that I think makes the most sense. Cena is not on there. All right. Cena is an interesting answer, though, because, like you said, the kind of year that he's had, and we all just know that there's a title reign waiting for him. Mm-hmm. And oh, it, point, it's going to happen. I just don't think WrestleMania is it. So when is the right time? It seems like he's actually just been come. He's become like the SummerSlam guy, and he's just put on so many great SummerSlam matches over the last couple of years. That yeah, except for Baron Corbin. Except for Baron Corbin, <laughs> I was about to say that. Like they messed up this year, but like his Daniel Bryan match, like. I don't know. When is um, the right moment? Because I don't at know. At some point, the... you got to worry about it because the fact that they're getting through the dream matches with like Shinsuke and everybody else, like they have to know that they don't have much more time with him as like a full time competitor. And if he wins the belt, then I mean, I guess you could do the Brock Lesnar thing after he wins the title, but they want him to break Ric Flair's record, obviously. But Ric Flair's record is just kind of ambiguous. In a lot of senses, because like if you read Meltzer stuff, it's just like no one really knows what the actual answer to. Rick I mean, Flair's well, th- it's because there's certain reigns that are just kind of disqualified. Like yeah. I think Ric Flair's like actually what a 25 time champion or something like that. Like no, that, I think yeah. it's like 20. But I guess it uh, only matters what WWE uh, puts a number at. And but to be yeah. fair, like John Cena, as much as, as as cool as it is that in my lifetime I saw somebody win 16 title reigns in one company, which is actually more impressive than flair than when you think about it because it all happened in one place however john cena has so many like nothing title reigns um thinking about the fact that like right off the top of my head i know that his uh what the one in 2010 i think was his eighth uh he lost to batista and no that was a seventh but he lost to batista after having held the belt for like five minutes and then the 16th title reign was only two weeks long and he had the reign from when he beat Orton at, uh, what was that, breaking point? He had, that reign lasted three weeks. Like, there's just, John Cena has so many of these, like, little title reigns that meant nothing. Um, he has, I think, a lot more one-month title reigns than he has, like, full-on reigns. Really, he's only had, like, three lengthy championships. The, his first one, the mm-hmm. third one, um, where he was champion over a year, and the 12th one where he lost to Daniel Bryan, where he held it from WrestleMania to SummerSlam. Other than that, like his reigns are all kind of throwaway championship reigns. That's interesting. (laughs) So there's a lot of padding there. 
I think hmm. like Collective Days' champion is still a lot less than some of the guys who only held it like three times. Hmm. <laughs> I didn't realize that. It it doesn't feel like that. It just feels like he's been. It, it, like if you told me he had been the WWE champion for like sixty five percent of the time over the last decade, I'd believe you. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, that's actually not true. Like, uh, honestly, because yeah. it started in 09. Like, he just started getting these, like, short reigns, and it's been going since. Hmm. That's interesting. Um, but, yeah, Cena, it would be weird. It's going to be interesting to see who throws him out if he doesn't win, and I don't think he has great odds of winning. I'm. It's going to be interesting to see how that works, because Cena, I, I really don't think they know how to use right now. And it's clear by him bouncing around the whole free agent thing, it gives them a lot more leeway to figure things out on the fly with him. Yeah, that's it's so weird though because like if you look at his upcoming schedule, I don't know what they have planned for this guy. Where like he is scheduled to work um, Raw twenty five, he's scheduled to work the Royal Rumble, he's scheduled to work every Raw after the Royal Rumble. But he's not scheduled to work Elimination Chamber, so what is the point of even having him on the Raws if it's not building to anything? And then he's scheduled to work Fastlane, which is a SmackDown pay-per-view, but he's not <laughs> scheduled to work any of the SmackDown surrounding Fastlane. What is happening here? Yeah, I don't think they know is the answer. <laughs> I think they're literally going week to week with him and figuring things out. And I don't know. It's interesting. I, I would not be shocked if he won, but at the same time, with what you're pointing out with this schedule, I, I don't know. I don't know what the right answer is with John Cena. I don't know what you should do there. Yeah. Um, so that's why he's just kind of an outside pick. I think he's a safe pick to go with. Um, my, who my does top... he challenge in, if he wins, in your opinion? Oh, who would your he challenge? Your fantasy booking, if he wins, who does he challenge? Styles and get to go over because they have a long history? Or does he, I mean, he has a history of Brock too. Both I'm John Cena. I want a triple threat match with both. <laughs> Both titles on the line, so he ends oh, yeah. WrestleMania John, with him. John Cena, undisputed champion. <laughs> Free Honestly, agent. He if he it. wins, if he wins, I'm okay with that. If Automatically, 18 time champion, <laughs> simply by winning that match. Uh, oh my god, that's actually I wouldn't rule that out. <laughs> but that'll actually be a really fun Raw segment. That would be a really good match, actually. That would be like the, uh, the triple threat of AJ Styles, Brock Lesnar, and John Cena. That would kill it. That would be a phenomenal match. That'd be a no pun intended. Way of ending uh, WrestleMania than just Roman Reigns beating Brock Lesnar. I think I would take that over that. Oh yeah, absolutely. My number five. This might surprise you, Seth Rollins. Ooh, okay. Not, not on my list. list. Not, no, on, not your on my list. list. Okay, let me make the case for Seth Rollins. He just beat Finn Balor this week. Obviously, it was not clean. Jason Jordan got involved. But I think Seth Rollins still weirdly has a lot of momentum. I think Seth Rollins is in my top five in wrestlers in the company right now. I think it's really hard to be as consistent as Seth Rollins has been. I think he's actually working his babyface much better than I thought he was. I think him winning the Rumble would add a interesting layer to his relationship with Roman Reigns. I think we get some good promos out of that. I think it would be interesting to see if Roman Reigns brought up the fact that like he's had his sights set on Brock Lesnar and he doesn't want Seth to get involved in his feud with Lesnar and that he kind of he wants his own WrestleMania moment, but if Rollins challenges Lesnar, then that makes things interesting, but he also could go, you know, I don't know about Lesnar. I can go with the AJ Styles situation and 
I would be fine with AJ Styles for Seth Rollins. And, you know, I kind of think that one of the Shield guys needs to be on SmackDown anyway. But Seth Rollins, I think, actually makes a lot of sense right now because he is treated as one of the top guys on Monday Night Raw. I think he's still pretty over in a pretty surprising sense. And I'd be okay with it. I think Seth Rollins would be someone, based on his year, that would make a lot of sense to win the Rumble this year. Okay. Yeah, I, you know, I hadn't even thought about Seth Rollins. Um, and it, it's funny you mentioned uh, the possibility of him challenging AJ, because I do think that at this point, I would rather see Rollins on SmackDown. Yeah. Uh, I know that that's, that's kind of a weird statement to make in 2018, because like 2017 was such a bad year for SmackDown, and like yeah. getting sent to SmackDown is now like no longer a good thing. You know, there were those years where it was like, oh, I hope he goes to SmackDown so he can really be utilized. And then it's like now it's I hope he doesn't go to SmackDown because I don't want to see him be food for Jinder Mahal. Um, And so but Rollins, I think he he's kind of run his course on Raw. Um, I don't know what else you do with the guy right now, but I think you have to strike with him soon because a lot of his main event luster is starting to wear off. It's been so long. I can't believe it's been what two years since Dean Ambrose cast the money in the bank on him. Well, that was, well, it's been a year and a half, but nonetheless, that was mid 2016. And that's starting to creep up on feeling like an eternity. Yeah. And you know, like you point out, it's been a while, but at the same time he like the knee looks fine. He hasn't gotten hurt again. I think it's at this point where he is one of their most over guys and whatever you feel about him as a promo, as a worker, I still think he's one of those top guys that could use the rub. And he's one of the younger ones that I still think if you give him a situation where we haven't seen a Seth Rollins and AJ Styles feud, and we don't know how that would go. It could be really good. And we know the matches will be really good. And it just, that makes sense to me. And I think, yeah, I I will say though, that I do enjoy the fact that uh, one of the things I enjoyed about the, the first couple of years of the old brand split was that it felt like Raw had a guy, SmackDown had a guy. Like, you know, it was like Raw was Triple H's show for like those those first almost five years of the brand split. And like for those first three years, SmackDown was Kurt Angle's show. And so it felt like both of those shows had a guy. And it made their confrontations feel a little bit special. And in this brand split, I feel like that still kind of exists in that like SmackDown is the house that AJ Styles built. But like Raw was, you know, he was the first draft pick that Seth was. And so it feels like both shows kind of have their guy. And I almost feel like if they're going to do it, I would like to see Seth Rollins and AJ Styles be a kind of a marquee Raw versus SmackDown matchup if it's ever going to happen. Yeah, and I think it would deliver and I think fans would be very much into it. And I think it's one of the few remaining feuds that people have not seen that they would want to see. And I think the crowd would pop for it. I think they would love to pick sides between Rollins and Styles. And I think they would tear the house down. I think it'd be fun. Yep, so, I think so too. One of my five. Um, who is your fourth? My fourth. Uh, I am going to say that this is a complete 180 from anything I would have said in the year 2015. But okay. I do have to say Roman Reigns is on my list. He's and, on my list too. And the reason Roman Reigns is on my list at number is he four. Is number four? Yes, he is. He's my number four. Oh, awesome. We'll, we'll just talk about it. But yeah, right, Roman, Reigns, <laughs> Roman Reigns is at my number four because um, 
you know, I, I this is kind of an unpopular statement, but it, and I've said this before on my own podcast, RBR Weekly Wrestling Talk. But um, if Roman hadn't had that 2015, if you just strike 2015 from the record, Roman would be ready for everything he's about to get right now. If he had just had a couple of years of great matches like he's had and really worked his way up to being a main event player and had a couple of losses like he has in the main events, Mm. by the time we got to this point here of him getting into the Rumble and challenging Brock Lesnar, he is ready for it now. He is really, there's just the stink of 2015 on him right now of pushing him to the, uh, to the moon without, him ever having had more than one uh, one-on-one match on pay-per-view. Right now, Roman Reigns has a great set of matches under his belt. Uh, I don't know if you're listening to the crowds lately, but like they are kind of gravitating toward him now. Uh, he's not really getting that bad of a mixed reaction anymore. Um, I would say it's not heavily booze anymore. Like The Roman sucks part of the dueling chants are really low, and it's either that the people who hate him have given up or they're coming around to him. I think it's more that they're giving up because it just doesn't happen uh, the other way around. But Roman is kind of in a good place for it. I think that if the chamber weren't in play, I'd say, you know, why not? Uh, I mean, granted, it's the same crowd. The problem is it's the same arena that the last one happened at, so that that stink still exists. Uh, But I think... If they can get past that with the Philly crowd, which they have before, because that's also where he won his first title and he was cheered for it. Um, Roman could have a really good night. And I think also if this turns out to be a better rumble where it's not just Big Show and Kane dumping people out and Roman does go on a tear and has a really good stretch for uh, like a really good exchange with somebody really good and really over. um, just a good back and forth uh, as the last two. I think Roman could have an excellent rumble and he could have had that in 2015 if they were smart enough to have kept Daniel Bryan there. One of the things I'm worried about Roman though, and he's my number four too, is who he eliminates last because that is, I think the biggest thing is where fans are, if they put him in a position where he, I think if you're going to have Roman Reigns win, I think Jinder Mahal needs to be in the final four. (laughs) Yeah. I, I was just thinking that Jinder Mahal has to be the last one. Yeah. I think that would be perfect. And I think that's a way of like the fans like shitting themselves because they're worried that Jinder Mahal is going to be challenging AJ again. And Roman saved them from AJ versus Jinder part yes. 9,000. So that would be my strategy is ending it with Roman and Jinder. But I, I'm glad we're on the same page there because that was my first thought is like Roman, It a lot of what matters with him winning the Rumble is who he's in the final group with. Mm-hmm. And... Obviously, it can't just be heels that make him that fans actually genuinely hate. But at the same time, like I think Jinder Mahal makes the most sense. So it's one of his last guys. Maybe Bobby Roode should be in that final group just to give him that rub. Um, final four, five. Um, Seth Rollins would be interesting. Obviously, since he's my number five, I think he needs to be in there and see how those two interact in the final group. And I also think this show needs to end. If you're going to go with Roman, it has to end with Dean Ambrose coming out. And I think it has to end with Seth Rollins coming out after being eliminated. <laughs> and I think they have to do a celebration of Roman winning and being happy for their friend. That's the only way this does not end in booze. But I do think with the year Roman. Well, had, I think the way it doesn't end in booze is the same way that 
Roman Reigns matches don't end in booze, which is that Roman has good matches. And by the, you know, Triple H kind of condescendingly said uh, not that long ago that um, the thing is they boo Roman in his entrance. They boo him through the match. But as you start to get through those final stretches and Roman has a really good exchange, by the time that three count hits, the fans are on their feet because they just watched something good. And I think that Roman could have that if the final two is a really good back and forth with somebody awesome. Um, like I've always said that uh, going back to 2015, if that match had not ended with him eliminating Big Show and Kane unceremoniously and then the, the Rusev thing, and instead they were smart enough to have foreseen that Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan work really well together like they did at Fastlane the following month, if they just ended that on Roman and Bryan, had them have an awesome back and forth, teasing the crowd as to who could be the victor, and then it ends up just happening to have been Roman, he wouldn't have turned out as bad uh, reaction-wise as he did. Yeah, that makes sense. But uh, if you're going to do it, this is the year to give him another Rumble win. Because I think after this, there's just... I don't, I don't see the situation for a couple of years where he's going to have the momentum or it will be worthwhile to give him the Rumble win. But if you think about who's been the top guy and top contender on Raw for the last year, it's Reigns. And if you just want to do it that way where he wins the Rumble and just immediately challenges Brock Lesnar next time on Raw, that makes sense to me. And I think that would be a worthwhile thing to do. Because I just... Honestly, part of me just really wants to get through the Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar stuff. Let's just get past this so we can move on and just change gears on Monday Night Raw yeah, because we've seen it. Already. I'm ready. I'm ready to move on. So that's part um, of the reason he's in my top five is I just I'm ready for him to just beat Lesnar and end this. So one thing I will say about the remainder of my top five is that uh, I gave two picks so far that are repeat Rumble winners, and it's because um, I just felt like they were. They were the right picks. However, I'm not a fan of repeat Rumble winners. I hmm. think, especially considering last year was Orton, who's won it a second time. Year before that was Triple H, who had won it a second time. Year before that was Roman Reigns, who won it his first. But uh, year before that was Batista winning it a second time. Year before that was Cena winning it a second time. Basically, all I'm saying is that we've seen a lot of repeat winners. So Which I, makes I've the did... Shinsuke stuff super interesting. Because so he does go the safe route at the end mm-hmm. of this usually unless it's like alberto del rio where they did everything in their power to make sure that he became a big well prior guy. to that a lot of those guys were first time winners like you know going before cena sheamus was the first time del rio oh my was God, i forgot sheamus won the rumble <laughs> yeah <laughs> edge was the first time um yep. really like the two-time winners club was really small up until all of a sudden you added cena batista triple h and orton to it yeah huh and, and now they, we I'm have noticing a trend though with orton <laughs> Batista, Triple H, and Roman <laughs> yeah. Reigns winning the last couple. Of, I'm noticing a little trend there. Yeah. So uh, I I said all that to say that my next three are all first time winners. Okay. Um, let me think. Are my next three? Yes, they would all be first time winners. So we agree. Yes. <laughs> but I also have four because Seth Rollins has not won before, so he was on my list. And I'll go ahead and say this really pains me because I think he he would be my wrestler of the year of 2017. The Miz is not on my list. Oh, I was so certain he would be on your list. He's not on mine either. He and missed so I was too much like, time. He I said, oh, that's weeks. okay. <laughs> it's the six weeks. Honestly, if he had not missed time, but watching Raw this week and just last week, I think he's lost momentum. Um, well, we'll see because I think he's going to beat Roman on Monday. So at least he's got that going for him. I don't think he's beating Roman on Monday. Is Roman Reigns getting pinned before? Are they really going to let that happen? I don't I think, think they, so. Oh, uh, I'll 
I'll believe when I see it. I don't have Roman losing yet. But it also, I believe that before Dean Ambrose got hurt, that WrestleMania this year was ending with the Shield all celebrating with all the Raw titles. Mm-hmm. And that's obviously mm-hmm. out of the picture with Dean Ambrose gone. So I don't know. I, I It's a possibility, but I don't know if Vince is going to sign off on Roman Reigns getting pinned before WrestleMania. It would have to be some serious shenanigans on Raw 25 this week for Roman Reigns to lose. Does Braun Strowman get involved? Does Brock Lesnar get involved? I don't know. Either way, Miz is not on my list, and The Miz is my favorite wrestler and best wrestler of 2017, and he's still not in my list for Rumble winners. But you're, I, Eric Brady, I will go ahead and say, is going to really, really hate one of my top three. Ooh. <laughs> I'm excited for it. He is going to be furious. And, well, uh, I think if if it's who I think it is, he's in mine too. Oh my god! I so really hope see. we both had this and just RBR okay. is just super super annoyed. But anyway, number three, who is your number three? All right, my number three is Finn Balor. Okay, he's in mine. Okay, so Finn he's Balor, not my number three. Um, I think Balor. Uh we have to stop this whole thing because it, it happened with Brian, and it just the idea of a guy having to relinquish the title, coming back and never getting their shot at it again. Um, that's not fun, and it also makes it really annoying when you remind us every time he comes out that he was the first ever Universal Champion. And I think if there was ever a time to do a Road to Redemption storyline for Finn Balor, it is going into WrestleMania. I think that the guy. Uh, is in the right position for it. I think that, especially now having a faction with him, so anybody who would say, well, he's not believable up against Brock Lesnar because of his size, well, now he's got two other guys with him. So at least um, you can now say that he, he's got some backup, he's got some leverage. Uh, it doesn't have to be that kind of situation. But the other thing is, you know, Finn returned the night after WrestleMania last year. What better way to cap off exactly one year of being back on television and um, delivering in every way WWE's asked you to than to end that year at WrestleMania against Brock Lesnar for the belt that you never lost uh, in the ultimate David versus Goliath match? I like it. I like it, but... If we go that route, I, I'll go ahead and actually, no, I'll hold my Finn Balor analysis because he's not on my list, but it mm-hmm. makes sense. What you're saying makes sense. And I think what they're doing with him, it's so interesting because people have gone back and forth on what the day is doing with him and how Vince McMahon sees him and how he's been treated in the last year. But I also think like, it's not like he's been buried and it's clear that they still value him. It's just, I think if I had to guess how creative saw him and how the higher up saw him, it's just like, they're not really sure. And I think that's what a lot of the guys who are in the top echelon of Monday Night Raw are dealing with is that Brock Lesnar is sitting there, Roman Reigns is sitting there, and they're just placed next to them. And I think it's just like, what do we do with these guys? Because clearly we're not dropping the belt from Brock anytime soon. And Roman Reigns is on Raw, and he's the main guy, so he's going to get the belt at some point too. I think that's why he's feuding with Elias a couple months ago. That's why he's like getting placed with the club now. I'm thinking... I just don't think they know what to do, but they also don't want to ruin them. So I, I've never gotten the sense that Finn Balor has been on the downward slope in this company. And I think people kind of overreacted to his loss to Kane. I think that was stupid, but I also don't think the average fan remembers that loss at all. And the fact that they, the weird thing about 
the last couple of weeks, I think, especially on Raw, is Finn Balor getting put back with the club, which I think is good, and the crowd likes it. But it goes back to this thing where that like WWE does not realize that they should be striking while the iron's hot with the stuff like this. It's like the broken Matt Hardy stuff. It's just like they're doing so many things that were cool a couple of years ago with mm-hmm. these trios and with these groups and with these characters that it just feels weird. They they're deciding now to pull the trigger on broken Matt Hardy on Finn Balor with the Balor Club and just guys like that. I just I don't really know, but Finn Balor is still very much over it's not as much as he was a year ago but his matches are still great uh i think putting him with the club is smart but i will say i have a different opponent for him if he does win the rumble because i don't think i want to see him next to brock lesnar anytime soon oh so my number three i wonder if he's on your list braun Strowman. i think it would be ridiculous to not include braun Strowman on any list because at some point they have to cash in on this Braun Strowman is just this unstoppable monster because I had this discussion with Derek Montia of Arizona Sports last week on the podcast where it's just like I think WWE especially Vince is relying on their audience forgetting what's happened with Braun Strowman over the last year because they, we had this whole story couple months ago where he was this unstoppable monster he was going at roman reigns i'm not finished with you yet but then he never got to the title he never won the title he lost to lesnar he's just he didn't like the whole feud with reigns did not end well with him if you go back through it it's just like when braun Sherman gets close he falls just short and i think at some point you have to pull the trigger on braun Sherman. and this week on raw was so much fun i love braun Sherman. And I think it's hard for me to see, like, if you're going to build this guy as this unstoppable monster, this monster among men, at some point he's got to win the big one. So he is my number three of, like, just let him win the Rumble and then just have him challenge Lesnar. I think fans would be into it. I think it would get a better reception than Roman Reigns versus Lesnar. Or if you really want to do a triple threat with Reigns, Lesnar, and Strowman, that works too. But Strowman is my number three, and I think he just... He's done everything asked of him, and he's just gotten better in every sense of the word wrestler, professional wrestler, I should say. And he's hilarious. He's I don't know if it's intentional that he's hilarious, but he's his comedic timing is great. And See, the only thing that downs me on that pick is the fact that Braun versus Brock one-on-one at No Mercy this past year was so bad. Yep. And it was just a reminder that, like, and Braun Strowman has had great matches last year. He had the one with uh, Big Show on Raw, the two with Big Show on Raw, I should say. And he had uh, and he had great matches with Roman Reigns on pay-per-view and on Raw. So, uh, you know, I believe Braun can deliver a great match. I don't know what fell apart there. Um, because Brock, on the other hand, has also had great matches. I know there's this perception of Brock now that he's bad. Uh, but I, I really think that was kind of Braun who kind of shit the bed there. Uh, I don't know if I want to see Brock versus Braun again. Maybe they just don't have any chemistry outside of their feuds. Because feud-wise, I think it, you know, it comes off intimidating. It comes off exciting. Yeah. Uh, they they feud very well. They just do not do the wrestle good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm like okay with like inserting Roman Reigns in some other fashion. But I just think at some point they're gonna have to pull the trigger on Braun. They can't keep doing this over and over again where they restart his push of like this guy is. 
insane. He can do this, physically can do that. And I, I don't know, they built the entire first hour around him this week. At some point, you have to pull the trigger on him with the title. He needs some sort of title in the very, very near future. Maybe you do Braun versus Miz if he wins the title. The Intercontinental title, I should say. Oh, that'd be fun. I could deal with that. And I think that would give us some good segments and everything else. That'd be fun. Maybe that's the answer. But either way, I think Braun Strowman needs a Rumble win the next couple of years. So he's going to pick this year. And I think with the kind of year he's had, he makes sense. Who is your number two? Number two, um, I'm going to go with the favorite and say Shinsuke Nakamura. I think that... Not on my list. um, I do think... I I, I can see it. I see uh, what WWE wants, and I see why he is uh, the the favorite right now, and I can see that that's why he's probably going to win. And that is that, um, you know, when you think about Wrestle Kingdom's past, and you think about New Japan, and and just the last couple years of New Japan... Um, you know, what's really the big match people talk about? Uh, and it's really AJ Nakamura. And uh, I think WWE wants to put that under their belt to say that, to kind of take that away from them a little bit and say, this is our match. And then at the same time, Shinsuke needs that kind of performance. He needs that kind of performance because we know he's capable of it. We've seen it in NXT. We saw uh, the the debut match with, Sami Zayn, which is now going on two years ago. Uh, but as recently as last year, uh, I thought the San Antonio match with Bobby Roode was really good. Um, he had some great matches with Samoa Joe as well. Uh, we've just seen that Shinsuke can have that performance, but he hasn't necessarily had that main roster performance. Uh, and if there's any guy who can give anybody a great main roster performance, it is AJ Styles. And just thinking about how if I were to give... If I were to think about WrestleMania, think about what a WrestleMania crowd is, what a WrestleMania crowd does, what a WrestleMania crowd wants, and what would kind of get them on their feet for an entire match, it would be AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura. They would be into the entrances. They would be into the match itself, just as the way at Money in the Bank last year where you had the dueling chant of Nakamura, AJ Styles, just with them staring each other down at the top of the ladder. Just think about the fact there would not be a single person in their seat um, at the uh, was it the Superdome, um, but there wouldn't be a single person in their seat at the Superdome. There would be everybody dueling, chanting "Let Let's Go AJ Nakamura," um, and it would just be such a hot atmosphere. It'd be such a great match, and that's really the best way to get us there is to to and also restart Shinsuke Nakamura's momentum because the thing is they still talk about him like he's a star. He comes out and despite having lost multiple times to Jinder Mahal, despite coming in and feuding with Baron Corbin and Dolph Ziggler. Uh, despite all of that, they still treat his presence like he is the number two star of SmackDown. If not, yeah, I, I would say, yeah, they treat him like he's the number two star of SmackDown. And, and so WrestleMania should be the top guys facing each other. I think Shinsuke, AJ is the way to go. That's my answer. Shinsuke is interesting. And you laid out a lot of points of like why I'm nervous about Shinsuke, which is that he lost to gender several times mm-hmm. this past year. He has no momentum right now. It's really just like they've tried to rehabilitate him a little bit by pairing him with Randy Orton. And I think that's helped. But I don't think it's just amazing to think about where he was in NXT and where he is right now. And I'm very much a proponent of giving a rumble rub to someone who feels like they're on the cusp of something special. 
And also, this will make sense for my number one pick, but someone who the build for the last year makes sense for them to get a Rumble win. Someone who actually has been doing things that would lead up to some kind of Rumble win that would set the tone for the rest of the year where you could see them getting a lengthy title run that would be interesting. Nothing about that scream Shinsuke Nakamura to me. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> He's had a terrible year. And it like, Will, you were a you were very much against just putting the title on gender and hoping that giving him the WWE title would just automatically give him heat. And instead of like building him up as a US champion and then eventually putting the title on him, if you really want to go down that road, they hot shotted the belt to him. And I think giving Shinsuke the Rumble win would be hot shotting Shinsuke at this point. I understand he's on the older side and that at some point they need to strike with him, but this is not the time and I don't have him on my list and I just, I can't do it. I think he's had a terrible year. I think AJ would be perfect for him. And Kenny Omega gave a really insightful interview about Shinsuke and like why his matches have not been good and why he's not translated on the main roster, which was like, he's working with guys he's not used to. And he, Kenny placed a lot of the blame on like the general Mahal types where they don't know what they're doing. And Shinsuke does the, the style. He works, works best with guys like, you know, uh, AJ Styles. So that makes sense to do it on the big stage. And I think they would deliver that said, I don't think fans are like dying for it at this point. I really don't. I think the main roster fans have seen what Shinsuke has done over the last year. And it's just, it's not, but once again, I'm not thinking about main roster fans. I'm thinking about mania fans. And that's why that's what I was saying was that I was playing to the mania crowd because, because thinking about the last year, WrestleMania is the main event last year, undertaker versus Roman got booed the year before that. Uh, Triple H versus Roman Reigns got booed. The year before that, Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns got booed. Like at this point, um, you have to have a match that your crowd wants to see in your main event. And I feel like you have to know what the WrestleMania crowd wants. And the WrestleMania crowd, I think, would eat something like AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura up. I have a better answer for you. For okay. Two. Here's my controversial take of my five. Uh-oh. I have Dolph Ziggler at number two. Oh, what? He is number four right now in the betting he was He was in my list originally, and then I took him out. <laughs> Dolph Ziggler is my number one SmackDown pick. Okay. So now you know my number one is a Raw guy. But Oh, I, well, I know who your number one is because <laughs> we've already discussed it. Uh, but true. okay. Number two, uh, Dolph Ziggler. Can I lay out my case for Dolph Ziggler? Um... I mean, please, you got to do some like lawyer type gymnastics here, but I don't think so. I think the the story that they could do with even video promos and just the year that he's had actually the last two years. So he walked out that happened and obviously he's going to return Tuesday and I guess have some kind of altercation with Bobby Roode after uh, Bobby Roode won the U S title, but they could go another way. And if they don't do that, Dolph Ziggler is at a point right now where he is basically the anti-champion. Like he, he hates the belt. He doesn't care about any of that. He just wants to be respected. He wants to be seen as the best wrestler in the company, but he doesn't get that kind of admiration. Who gets that admiration? Well, AJ AJ Styles. Yes. I firmly believe an AJ Styles, Dolph Ziggler, W title feud would deliver. I understand everything like, but heat. I think Dolph Ziggler, I would have him go over and I would ah! give 
And look, okay, this is coming from somebody who was I'm on the Ziggler Dolph train. Ziggler look, I was, I was on the Ziggler train before anybody. I, I'm the hipster of Dolph Ziggler fans. I, I go back to RBR, the Arby's, that's what we call our year in awards, but the Arby's from 2010. Before anybody was even paying Ziggler any attention, we gave him Wrestler of the Year because Ziggler had so much potential and such. And he still delivers good matches, but man, ha- there's nothing. There's no steam in Dolph Ziggler. Nobody- Disagree. I think if you have him win the Rumble, and I think if you have him do this opening promo with AJ Styles and challenging him and just let him go off, because what Dolph Ziggler did really well was his feud with The Miz. His feud with The Miz was fantastic. His feud, like when he gets put with the right guy, with Dean Ambrose, The Miz, with certain guys, he does... Oh, don't say Dean Ambrose. That was terrible. I didn't think it was terrible. What, Ziggler and Ambrose from SummerSlam? The only match more heatless than that, the only title match in history more heatless than Ziggler and Ambrose was Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton from last year's WrestleMania. Okay. But either way, I think his stuff with The Miz was fantastic. It was. I I will say that. And fans got into it, the retirement stuff. And I think if you did a If Ziggler Doesn't Win the title he retires at WrestleMania. That's another thing you could do where he's like, I'm done with this. I can beat the best wrestler in the world. I know, but he could say I'm the best wrestler in the world. And I just proved it by winning the rumble. And I'm going to prove it again by beating AJ Styles. And I think the AJ Styles, Dolph Ziggler promos would be fantastic. And I just want to see for six months, if he can stay healthy, a six month, five month reign of Dolph Ziggler as the champion on SmackDown. I want to see it. Okay. Okay. Does it not make sense with his career arc at this point, with his story and with his struggle and with him? It makes sense. Just that that sip has sailed and sunk to the bottom of the ocean. I will never go there. He's never gotten the real reign. I want to see it. And I think there I'm here for a Dolph Ziggler versus AJ Styles promo. I'm here for it. I think it would deliver. I really do. I'm never leaving Dolph Ziggler. And, you know. Uh, his stuff is maybe part of it's his interviews in the last couple weeks where he just has been very open about how he sees himself he's a very self-aware wrestler i don't like his twitter feed just go ahead and cancel that out but his interviews been great where he talks about just like if i was three inches taller i'd be like a seven-time champion i don't disagree i so much of his character and just where he is he just it feels like the time where he's just matured enough where I do want to finally see it. And SmackDown, the idea that it would hurt SmackDown after the year they've had, ridiculous. Oh, yeah. Nothing could hurt that brand <laughs> at this point. Jinder Mahal Any more than what hurt for it. months. So the idea that people would be really upset about Dolph Ziggler being champion for three to five months. Oh, Jinder. Uh, th- no, the cool thing is that um, Jinder Mahal kind of lowered the bar for SmackDown. And so it's like anything SmackDown does from here on will constantly have you going, eh, at least it's not Jinder Mahal. I don't know. I'm here for Dolph Ziggler, uh, a brief reign. If it doesn't go well, you can take the title off him. You could have Shinsuke beat him because Shinsuke beat him in the first match they, that he had in the WWE main roster. That's an easy story to tell. That's a tr- that's that's what you could easily do. Is you have Ziggler beat AJ, and then after three to five months, you have maybe you have Shinsuke beat Dolph Ziggler for the title at SummerSlam, and then SmackDown is one of the best shows again in 2018. Yeah, I guess we'll see. All right. So that is Eric Brady is has fallen over. Paul. Oh no, Eric Brady's going to fall over for my number one. <laughs> oh no. So you so, know who my number one is. So yeah, I know who your number, number one, one is. is. All right, number my number one. 
Um, so I have to preface this by saying that Chase, when he first came to me with this list, said um, it's going to be your top five who you want to win. And so I had to think about that. And I thought, well, here's the thing. Pretty much for the last five years, there's only one person I've wanted to win. And he hasn't even been eligible to enter Royal Rumble for the last two of them. I'm oh, no. referring to Daniel Bryan. Oh, um, no. At number one would be Daniel Bryan. And oh, I God. say that as like, what what would uh, produce the, the WrestleMania matches I want to see? Would I want to see AJ Styles versus Dan- Daniel Bryan? Of course I would. Would I want to see... Brock Lesnar versus Daniel Bryan, of course I would. Would it make storyline sense for to do Brock Lesnar versus Daniel Bryan? Absolutely it would. Because at that point, if Daniel Bryan entered the Royal Rumble and he wanted to screw over Shane, he would leave SmackDown um, and go challenge Raw's champion. Uh, and like so, a, and do it as a top star like that. Was he Bryan spe- challenging Lesnar in this scenario? Well, no, I didn't. I, that was just one scenario that would make sense. But then in the other scenario, um, with... AJ Styles kind of getting fed up with Daniel Bryan and all of that, and then deciding that uh, getting fed up with that entire situation, and now he's stuck in a situation where he has to face the general manager of the show. That would be exciting. There's so many scenarios surrounding Bryan's Daniel Bryan. All this, you know that, and, right? And then it, the the crowd wouldn't buy that. And then you don't think so? You, if he entered himself in the Royal Rumble, because that's the only way he's getting in is if he puts himself in. Are you kidding me? The Philly crowd. Who was furious just three years ago at Daniel Bryan not winning uh, and being eliminated by Bray Wyatt? That crowd would lose it if Daniel Bryan's music hit and there is nobody else. Wait, they I would like cheer. The crowd was the one where he didn't come out at all and they thought he was going to come out at 30. Uh, no, that was Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Uh, okay. That was both Pennsylvania. But uh, Philly was the crowd that Bryan came out and. He came out, what, he was number 10, and he was eliminated pretty quickly. I don't even think he eliminated anybody, maybe one person. That was the Reigns winning one, right? Yeah, that was Reigns winning. So who so, won Pittsburgh? But so, uh, Batista. Oh, that was Batista. Uh, okay, okay, that's yeah. right. So I was thinking, you know, reversing the fortunes, right, of like uh, 2015 of, you would almost tease it, right, of having Brian come out, and like you would do like a reverse of what happened with Roman Reigns <laughs> and have Brian come out on top and give the Philly crowd what they asked for three years ago. That would be splendid to me. That's my number one pick. That is the thing that will get me the most excited for WrestleMania. That is the thing that would make me most satisfied with my WrestleMania purchase. I mean, with my Royal Rumble purchase, or I guess my WWE Network subscription, I should say. Um, there's absolutely, there's, there's not a year that will go by that I'm not in the back of my mind crossing my fingers for a Brian entry. And now that there's all this talk of him returning to the ring in 2018, one way or another, I'm hoping this is the way. That's my, oh my number one God. pick, Daniel Bryan. Did not expect that. No. <laughs> but I know yours being Finn Balor. Why <laughs> Finn is Balor, Balor is my number one. Uh-huh. He makes the most sense. The year that... So Finn Balor has had a year to forget, but he has also never been buried. He's had a just... I, I think putting the club with him now is like this idea of, you know, we... This guy is too good. This guy is too talented. This guy deserves some kind of rub. He's been rumored to be facing Lesnar for months now, but there's not been a good reason because Lesnar's been absent. He misses pay-per-views and stuff like that. So how do you fix the Finn Balor situation? Because Finn Balor is one of their top three guys. He is an over babyface. He will always be an over babyface. At some point, you have to put another title on him. And I think now is the time. So there is a way of doing that. You have Finn Balor win because one of the best moments of 2017 was his random match with AJ Styles where it was thrown together and it was the best match of the night. 
Finn Balor has been protected. I think he has been in this situation. He's been in limbo. Kane. He's been in limbo. I think he just the Kane stuff. I just don't. I don't think many people remember that. I really don't. And it was stupid, but at the same time, what they're doing. He just closed out this raw this week. But I will also say it was weird that they ended with like a concussion angle almost where Finn Balor looked like he did he was supposed to like not know where he was because of the blackout that was delivered to him and I don't know if Vince McMahon watched the NFL playoffs this week and was like that's what this company needs a concussion angle like Cam Newton where he walks up the field and like tries to um lift his visor with his fingers and all that kind of stuff I I don't I don't know I don't, yeah I'm not sure where that was going but you see how that weird that was, right? Like yeah, that was a I, really I, weird situation <laughs> that I I thought they were going a concussion angle with him. I really do. I don't know. We'll see on Monday if they continue that. If they acknowledge that he they ended raw with him just like looking confused and like the uh, good brothers just kind of helping him up and trying to uh, make sure he's okay. But either way, Finn Balor makes the most sense to me, and I think. The crowd reaction, if you put him in a situation where he gets to pick between Lesnar and Styles, and he points at Styles, and he just says, I've beaten you once, and I'll beat you again, the crowd's going to lose it. And I think that is the way to go with WrestleMania. I think Finn Balor versus AJ is a bigger and better match than Shinsuke versus Styles. I think it's time to move Balor away from Monday Night Raw because he's never going to be the top fixture there. And it's either him or Rollins, and Rollins is my wild card. That's why he's at five. But someone in that group needs to move away from Ross so they can become the star that SmackDown needs. And Finn Balor makes the most sense to me as the guy to jump from Raw to SmackDown to challenge AJ Styles and win the belt, get the brothers, do the Balor Club on SmackDown, run SmackDown, and let him finally become the top guy that he was supposed to be before he got injured after winning the Universal title. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Finn Balor makes the most I, I, sense. I Just don't overthink it. No, I mean, I, I, Finn Balor was in my list, so like, I, I don't disagree with you. Um, I, I won't say the most because honestly, I, I, I don't know. That's why I put Shinsuke in my list. Uh, but but like, I, like is, I said, that was a. I just, I can't get Shinsuke over Finn. Just makes no sense to me. I can't do it. Shinsuke's had a terrible year. Do you really think they're gonna do it? Do you really think they're gonna? Have I do. Him I win? do. I do think they are gonna do Shinsuke. I don't. I don't think it's going to be Shinsuke. I don't know who it's going to be. I think it's interesting neither of us have Randy Orton in our list after oh, him winning no, last it's, year. It's definitely not. I mean, so the thing is, the club of two-time winners is is small, but it's grown a lot in the last time, uh, last few years. The club of three-time winners has one guy in it, and it's Stone Cold Steve Austin. And that's like the one thing that they like to talk up with him when they always talk about his career points is that he's the only three-time Rumble winner. I don't think they're ever going to take that career point away. I think the only person who stands a chance at taking that career point away from Austin is Cena. But otherwise, I think that's a record they'll probably let Austin so keep. So Cena wins this year. It's three for him. Yeah, it, he would tie Austin as well. Hmm. But, I mean, that's, that's the record. Three times is it. And uh, I don't see any reason to knock Austin off that perch when um, you've already cleared out most of the records Austin ever had. Who is your, do you, like we didn't talk about this, but who would be your honorable mention of like your wild card of like just your fan, pure William R. Washington fantasy booking option. I mean, that's what Daniel Bryan kind of was, but oh, okay. uh, <laughs> so, guy but who it's not even cleared, <laughs> not even clear. Well, when triple H was asked about it, he gave a non answer. Uh, when he said that 
um, the only way Brian would get to work is if he were cleared. He didn't say Brian's not cleared. He said that we'd only allow him to work if he was. And I thought, ooh, that's a good non-answer. If you were hiding it, that's the best way to do it because you gave a true you gave a true statement, but you didn't say he's not clear. Can I give you my fantasy booking that has no chance of <laughs> happening, but my sure. wild card? Uh-huh. Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens both winning. <laughs> they, they're uh, the yeah, final two fun. and they refuse to throw the other one out and they just end I, I'm here for co-champion Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens well they could win at the Rumble uh, they would be co-champions if they did yeah I, I'm here for it that would be my that would be the best if they lost to Styles because I'm sure that match is going to happen first and then they go into the Rumble and they I don't know. That would be just a really funny spot is if those two were the final two and they just refused to eliminate the other one because they're best friends. And they like get out together. Yeah. Or you could do the other one. The non Kevin Owens answer would be someone from the new day. Oh, that'd be great. I would love it if, um, I mean, really I'm between, I love Xavier Woods, but I would say between Big E and Kofi, especially Kofi. I think Kofi's got like, yeah, I'd be I think fine. at some point yeah, you I, you try it on SmackDown. I really do. I think at some point you have to put one of them in a world title feud. Mm-hmm. I think Biggie and Kofi are awesome, and I think Xavier Woods is awesome. I would have been fine with him winning the U.S. title, but I was hoping be nice. Would. It would be nice to see one of them get elevated at some point in the next year. So we'll see. Um, any other Royal Rumble thoughts before we get out of here? Uh, I think if I can give a, a quick thought on the Women's Rumble. Um, okay. I think, I think I, th- I have this feeling in the pit of my gut Oh no! that, <laughs> uh, and it worries me, but that we're, we're going to see, um, I, I, I made this joke on RVR. So if you don't listen to RVR, this is a fresh one to you, but, uh, that, uh, we get a five, four, three, two, one, and their Tron just still says Royal rumble. But then in the word Royal, the Y turns to an N. And the A turns into a D. Oh no! And the L turns into an A. No. And then, then in the word rumble, the U turns into an O. The M turns into a U. The B turns into an S. The L turns like into this. an E. And the E turns into a Y. And then it says Ronda Rousey on the screen, and she comes in and cleans house and eliminates everybody, and is your rumble winner. Who does she even challenge? Charlotte. I thought they were friends. Um, weren't they having the whole horseman beef? Okay, maybe it was the beef. I, I don't know. I feel like they've taken pictures together. Maybe I'm... Yeah. Okay. I mean, here's the thing. Rousey wrestling suck. Wrestling's fake, so... <laughs> who is uh, the number one option like, of, like, who we would, like, actually want to see win? Um, I'd say, like, outside one is, like, Becky Lynch for me. I love think Becky Lynch. I would love to see her get back up there and, um win it all again that would be great especially when they keep showing off this friendship with her and charlotte like i would love for her to uh get back up to the top of smackdown and challenge charlotte and try something fresh i think you have to do oscar um i think you do have to do oscar but i also feel that you can get oscar there any other way because it has a loss if she gets eliminated well She's had losses. The thing that they've always said is that Asuka has never been pinned or submitted. And that mm. statement would still be true because she's been in tag matches that she's lost. But 
or, or there have been matches that she hasn't won. Well, the but, different thing with the women's division versus the men's division is that there are so few women right now who have a lot of momentum. Mm-hmm. It's like, so true. Th- you can make the case for a lot of guys on the Raw roster and the SmackDown roster for the men's division, but like for the women, it's just who, if you look up and down this roster, who has just had this moment where you're like, okay, they're right at the cusp of eating this break. They are just there. It's time to well, WWE has this issue where like everybody on the roster has to be a former women's champion, and yeah. so there's nobody, especially on SmackDown, that I look at that I'm like, oh, they deserve a shot. They deserve to get that first time victory when it's like you know Becky Lynch was the first SmackDown women's champion. Um, uh, Naomi just lost it. Uh, really, like the Riot Squad, are, I think are the only non um, former champions in Carmella, I guess. Uh, and there's Lana. I guess I guess there's a few. But even still, um, it just feels like the people who would be in the position to do it have already done it. So Becky Lynch makes the most sense to me. Yeah, I would like to see Becky get back. And up. you could just do the feud of like Charlotte because I still don't think Charlotte's the best babyface. And you could do it where she challenges her best friend, Charlotte. Mm-hmm. And I think that would be a good feud. I if I had to book it, I would book Becky. But I don't think Becky's getting the rub here. Yeah, I don't either. I don't know who it is though. Like I want to say Oscar, but. Oscar's a safe pick, but I I, really I can see am. Rousey. I really could see Rousey. I, I could see Rousey as well. I guess we'll see. Way. What's worse, Rousey winning the first Women's Royal Rumble or James Ellsworth interfering to help? Uh, oh, James Ellsworth. And I, I like I like James Ellsworth. I think um, Rousey is one of those people that they're going to want to bring in strong. They're going to want to sell as like female Brock Lesnar in a sense of like somebody who just comes in and will kick your ass. And I think that if you're going to do that, if that's the way you want her to be over, a Rumble victory would do that. And also, Rousey is kind of the type of personality that could be a heel because people are going to hate that. They're going to hate that somebody outside came in and won the Rumble. And in that sense, maybe having her do that's not such a bad idea. Hmm. Rousey. I don't know. Sonya Deville would make sense to me. I think she's been awesome. And I would love to see her challenge, but I I but you ask the average person who that is. And she's great, man. I, I know. I'm I, I all love in Sonya on Sonya Deville. Deville, but uh, she's been on the main roster what a month and a half. Yeah, there's really not a great answer to this question. <laughs> no, there isn't. So Which I guess sucks. we're just gonna have to watch on January 28th. Bailey, get ready, Bailey. The comeback uh, tour starts at the Royal Rumble. <gasps> Oh man, I I honestly don't know. But Bailey would not surprise me. That's my dark horse pick. Is them trying to restart the Bailey push? Mm, and I like Bailey, but she had a really bad 2017. She uh, did. Yeah, she needs a lot more rehab than a Rumble win. Like you want to talk about Shinsuke having a bad year? Bailey had a bad year. Oh. Shinsuke being paired with Natalia was enough for me to like not put him anywhere near the World <laughs> Rumble win. That should be enough, Will. Is that he is literally tagging with Natalia in the mixed match challenge? Yeah, well, want, it, well uh, at least they knocked that one out of the way first. Great. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. Well, well, it'll be fun. I think it'll be interesting to see how this all goes. This is going to be a nine and a half hour pay per view, which is not going to be great, but uh, there'll be some good stuff. And you know, I don't think we know how either of the matches are going to go, which is fun. That we are going to be surprised either way, which is really all we want from wrestling is to just be surprised and entertained. That's that's all I want. All right. Will, I appreciate you taking the time and we can find you on Twitter at William RBR. We can listen to you 
on RBR Wrestling. So go check out rbrwrestling.com. Subscribe on iTunes and Stitcher and everywhere else we get your podcasts. Will, thank you so much, and we will talk soon, man. Thank you for having me, Chase. No problem. All right, man. And that's a wrap for today's episode of the CT Podcast. If you like today's episode, don't forget to leave your rating and a review of the podcast. If you are an Apple Podcast or iTunes listener, that would be great. Uh, every single one helps more than you know. And uh, also, just want to remind you guys that you can read my work on medium.com slash Chase Thomas's writing. And also to come back and listen to the next episode because I love doing these and I hope that you love listening to them. Until next time. For the ones who get going when the going gets tough and the ones who know we're tougher together. For the pathfinders breaking new ground, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry as well as fast access to experts and 24-7 customer support. Because we know you have people depending on you, so you can always depend on us. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.